Hey guys, and welcome to the Movement Docs Podcast. I'm Jake. And I'm Mike. And we're just two guys who want to help students and clinicians grow in the field of rehab. Welcome to the show. Okay, we're live. So I'm going to start talking in a second. This will, we can edit, we can totally edit all this out. How now, brown cow? Yes. The human torch was denied a, a bank account. <laughs> hey guys, and welcome to episode 27 of the Movement Docs podcast. Today we're going to be doing the great movement mashup with the movement PTs out of. Uh, you guys, are, where are you? You're at Western University in, I don't want to say the wrong city. London, Ontario, Canada. Okay. All right. That's somewhere north of where we are in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's Not cold really. here, right? Ballpark, ballpark. Yeah. It's like there's snow a lot of times and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. like every day, basically, basically up until like two weeks ago. Yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about corner gas today, Tim Hortons, and uh, probably Labatt Blue. <laughs> Uh, maybe a Molson's okay. or two. Um, Wait. Yeah. So anyways, uh, we're going to intro the two <laughs> wonderful people that we have on today from the PT Coffee Cast. Um, I, because I have a beard and Will also has a beard, um, will be introing Will and then Mike's going to jump in later and talk about uh, how awesome Dalton is. Uh, Will is an MPT student at Western University in Canada. He went to Brock University for four years where he competed on the varsity baseball team. During this time, Will was a catcher and a leader as he was one of the three team captains that led the team to a championship. Will also volunteered at Senior Fit, which is an awesome gym run by a professor at Brock that gets seniors strong and develops their balanced confidence. He loves helping people in pain, coaching others to improve, eating food with his girlfriend, growing his beard, and drinking coffee. Hence the PT Coffee Cast theme that they have. Right. That guy's, a, that guy's a beast, man. I didn't know he was that great. <laughs> I, I didn't even know I was either. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't even write the intro. I just wrote the intro for him. Yeah. yeah. How'd you know that much about me, man? I don't know. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> um, lots of Facebook stalking. I see. I don't call it stalking though. I like to just be educated. No. You know what I mean? So like mm-hmm. I like to I like to be well informed about people that I haven't met yet or that maybe I would like to know yeah. more about. It's like the chart review of podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. I would give Will a Pedro score of six or seven. You know? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Evidence level also got- two two A. Um, not, he's above 2B because he has a beard. Um, even though B is, you know, you would think beard would be 2B, but it's, it's not 2B. And that wasn't the question. All right, Mike, go ahead and take it away. (laughs) So we also have Dalton on the show today. And Dalton is an MPT student at Western University in Canada. He went to the University of Windsor where he graduated with his kinesiology degree. During those four years, he played football for a Canadian junior team called the AKO Fratman, where he was lucky enough to be part of two Ontario championships. Once he retired, he decided to focus on health and pursuing a degree in physical therapy. He loves helping people, lifting weights, drinking coffee, my man, and going for walks with his girlfriend and her dog, Chuck. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. 
Thanks for having us. All right. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I was first reading Dalton's like bio, I honestly thought it said Fartman. <laughs> it's close enough. It's all right. We played against a team called the Beef Eaters. So I mean... <laughs> the Beef Eaters. That's good. <laughs> Isn't that that's a that's a gin in, so. in England, isn't it? I'm pretty sure that's a that's a brand of gin. My uh, one of my roommates in college, uh, shout out to Cy Climo, uh, his his dad's from the UK, and he only would dr- drink beef eater gin. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, it's the name of gin. Forgot. That's a great name, though. Hmm. Hey guys, and welcome to episode twenty-seven of the uh, the Gin Lovers Podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't like gin; it tastes like pine needles. Needles. I agree. I agree Not with that you. I've ever eaten pine needles, but that's kind of the vibe I get when I'm <laughs> when I very, very rarely drink gin. Hmm. Yeah, I had a I had a bad experience with gin one time because uh, I learned the hard way that gin and orange juice <sighs> does, does not, not a good, good drink make. Uh, like a weird like no. citrus Ugh. I don't even know what, what do you categorize gin flavor as like citrus pine needle concoction that must have been a high thing <laughs> sounds phenomenal it was it was awful um, yeah mm-hmm. mistakes were made <laughs> milk was a bad choice Mike Milk was a bad choice. Were were you in a glass case of emotion? I was. <laughs> I was. My mind was. I was. It was mind boggling how bad it was. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, so what are we talking about today? <laughs> Mike, I don't know why you ask me that question. It's the same answer every week. I'm gonna the things that are listed on the Google Doc that I'm gonna read out to you now. Are, we're going to talk about like life as a PT student and maybe maybe some differences between the American system and the Canadian system. Um, podcasting, we can just nerd out about podcasts and all sorts of fun stuff with that. Um, social media, um, and then coffee, which uh, I'll probably just you know click off early because I'm not really a coffee drinker. So I'll let you guys finish up while I go make some put a put a kettle on and drink some tea. <laughs> um. Perfect. That sounds good. We talk about tea. So what? I said we can talk about tea too. If you want. <laughs> we don't discriminate. I download some tea from time to time. The, the tea yeah. time therapy podcast. There you go. You guys can switch it up. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So a wild infused episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so for the for our listeners out there that maybe don't know um, a ton about you guys, um, do you want to give shed a little bit more light on the mystery that it, that are the mysteries that are uh, Will and Dalton for us? Go ahead, Will. Let him know. Oh man, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, I guess I guess I can kind of talk about you know like how me and Dalton met. Like I think it was basically through coffee you know but we also kind of just like jived right from the get-go we uh we were really feeling like we weren't getting um too much like exercise advice in school um we felt like there was a little bit left to be desired so we kind of sought through our own devices and uh 
just tried to learn a little more. And the more and more we kind of hung out, the more coffee we used and we drank, the uh, clearer we got to towards uh, where we are now. And that's kind of like, you know, how we kind of started. But yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not a big, it's not a big like crazy story. We just yeah. kind of got together got and uh, drank coffee and ranted about physio school <laughs> and all the things that we did like and didn't like and kind of mm. led to us starting our page and here we are now talking to you guys. <laughs> Sweet man. <laughs> I can dig it. What kind of, uh, just out of curiosity, because I'm a big, big coffee fan too, so what what is your like preferred drink of choice? I know we're probably going to go into this a little bit more too, but like when you guys were kind of like bonding over your coffee experiences were you just drinking black or were you going for like a latte kind of thing just curious so it's kind of so will was kind of like the master of the coffee and he brought me along so i originally started out just drinking like keurig coffee which is like nothing against keurig coffee but once you start drinking better coffee you realize you know keurig coffee's not that great so will will was originally drinking uh, the coffee that he made through like a chemex or an aeropress and Hey man, you should try it. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. And then the second I started trying it, it was like game over. I, I never looked back. I bought my own AeroPress. Mm-hmm. I bought my own grinder. Um, and now we, we go with the uh, quality coffee. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. It makes such a difference to, to brew the, to like brew it in-house or like to grind the beans fresh and then like uh, actually make the coffee. It's amazing how much. Oh yeah, it's it's, an ama- it's more fun to make the coffee that I enjoy. Just like get up, get the fresh beans, get the smell, like put them dry, grind it up, get your water ready, <laughs> ponder life as it's <laughs> as it's the smell and like just like the sounds even. You know, like I get happy just hearing the kettle on. You know what I'm saying? Like I was talking to someone and they were like, um, they were like talking about how they just drank a uh, curry coffee or whatever, and they asked what I do, and I told them about the AeroPress, and they were like, how long does that take? And I was like, it takes me about like five minutes, and he was like, oh, I don't have time for that. And I was like, that's, that's kind of sad, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it takes some time for some things to just kind of like sit and enjoy. Uh, I think that's, that's what I love so much about coffee. So you can just sit, take some time <laughs> of your day and, and just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's the whole like ritual of it in the morning, you know, like what you guys just said about waiting for the, the kettle to heat up. You're kind of pondering your day, thinking about life, kind of getting yourself ready. Um, it's, it's almost like the whole experience of it is, is, is it's just more than just drinking a cup. It's the, everything else that goes around along with it. And it kind of like forces you to slow down a little bit too, <laughs> which is nice. Which is ironic. Therapeutic. Yes. Therapeutic. <laughs> It's ironic because it gets you going, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> so you slow down to speed up. There you go. Yep. Oh, very cool. <laughs> what kind of coffee do you drink? Mike? That's awesome. Uh, I, I mostly I, I drink it black for the most part. Um, I do the same kind of thing that you guys do. Uh, I've got a like a Melita pour over filter kind of thing. Um, nice. So I'll cool. grind the beans up in the morning and then heat up the kettle and and then uh, pour over and enjoy a couple of cups before I get my day started. So there you go. Yeah. Respect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got that I got going on right now. I just made a cup before uh, we started today. Same. So. We're about two cups in now. I'm fired up. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. All rough. right, guys. <laughs> so what is your favorite, like cheap fast foodish or donut place? Cup of coffee. Cheap fast foodish. Donut. 
Hmm. I feel like I would have to, like, it would be wrong if I didn't say Tim Hortons. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say I would go with Tim Hortons if I had to grab like a quick cut on the go. Hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure that you would be, uh, you'd have to give up your Canadian citizenship if you didn't say Tim Hortons. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So that's what I'm going to go with. I definitely wasn't going to say McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Hortons is go-to, though. You know, roll up the rim. Do you guys know about that? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It's like what every so. Canadian waits for. <laughs> roll up the rim at Tim Hortons. Where they give away free coffee cars. What is that? <laughs> so every you get a, every so often they do a roll up the rim thing. Where like if you buy a coffee, you can roll up the rim of the coffee and you can win like prizes, like donuts and coffees and, and cars. And it's like every Canadian stream. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a great time. I, I wish we had Tim Hortons in Virginia. There's no way it's ever going to be in Virginia, but I wish that we did because I just, Tim Hortons is amazing. What do you guys have? Like Dunkin' Donuts? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. Mike and Jake's um, Coffee. <laughs> I, we should if we opened a coffee shop, I would just make like <laughs> cookies and pastries and stuff like that. And Mike would <laughs> be responsible for the coffee. That, that actually work out really well. Jake's a really good. There you go. Screw, screw physio. I'm <laughs> 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 just gonna make a coffee shop. <laughs> Wait. So, but like, I don't know. Yeah, because Mike would have to fill as like the chief like coffee roaster the barista the coffee sommelier um like do coffee tastings hmm. stuff like that i don't know i just like drinking cold brew and like nitro cold brew mm. yeah, yeah i haven't tried the nitro cold brew we were actually trying to hunt for some before we started the podcast but the the starbucks near will's house doesn't have it so we did. Dang. We had uh, Mike. We went to some local place in Pensacola when I went to visit you, right? That Josh took us to. Yeah, that's where their they nitro had... brew is fantastic. What makes it nitro? Like, what's mm-hmm. what's that all about? The they use nitrogen, right? It's like hmm. I think I think they use it with nitrogen. So it's like frothy and creamy. Know. It's kind of like a nitro beer, I guess. But with coffee. Yeah. I kind of know what you're saying. I know I've had, like, I've had cold brew top at a yeah. couple places. But I, it's pretty good. Like, you get it fresh That whole, like, like nitro, because mm-hmm. in the, even in the beer, beer world, it's what? Usually, like, stouts, like, darker beers. And a lot of times, like, your darker beers will have kind of, like, coffee flavors. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's just kind of, like, a natural progression of. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it makes it more, just, like, thick. It's like drinking like a milkshake yeah, almost. It's like real yeah, thick and frothy. Yeah, because all the like um the Colbers have had off off tap. Like I'm pretty sure they've been nitro and they've kind of fit that description. Like more like thick and like they have like a thick like goes like a crema layer on the top. You know, yeah, it's really good though. Oh, now I'm yeah. craving one, guys. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> sitting over here like mm, where's the closest one we can get one of those <laughs> now what what's your be back in about 10 minutes guys what's your go-to like snack or food choice with your coffee oh it's gotta be a donut man 
Like a full-size donut, or are we talking like a Timbit? Full-size donut. <laughs> I don't deal with that Timbit nonsense. I, like, <laughs> I, would, I would have to say, like, now, I know you guys have a question about, like, some absurd thing that we enjoy, but I think I would have to say a date square. Dates. I love date squares. Now, is, is a date square a square of date? I know that might be kind of a dumb yeah. question, but... <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's basically, like, yeah, that's what it is with, like, a like a crumble layer on top and bottom like with date like kind of smushed in the middle it's pretty uh, pretty delicious that's not so good <laughs> so, okay, yeah go no, i was just gonna ask okay. how come nobody said poutine i don't really know if it goes with coffee <laughs> it's a weird combo <laughs> <laughs> oh, what about what about uh beaver tails isn't that a, like a kind of like a uh, Donut thing? I don't know. I've never had you had one. one? I haven't no. had one. No. I've never had a beaver tail. Maybe we're not Canadian. I've only ever seen one beaver in my life. <laughs> Actually, it's here in London, too. I saw one beaver just swimming on its merry way down the river, and I was like, hey, it's a beaver. That's the only time I've ever seen a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mr. Yeah, beaver? it's kind of weird because, like, I don't know. I feel like. The misconception is that they're just crawling everywhere. It's not true. It's definitely not true. So you're saying that when you walk out your front yard in the morning, drinking your cup of coffee, eating your poutine, you don't you don't just see like a flock of beavers and like a pot of mooses? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. I wish. Have you ever seen a moose? No. I've seen one from like a distance. I, w- I don't want to. They're big. Do you know moose are actually really dangerous? Ooh. Are they just like pretty aggressive, protective kind of thing? Yeah, they're extremely territorial. Hmm. And they will like charge you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. You're actually more likely to get attacked by moose than a bear. Wow. Really? That's Learning new things every day. Who would have known we were physios? Fun, <laughs> fun uh, gory yeah. animal fact of the day. Um, <laughs> Nice. <laughs> You're more likely to get Mike. We should put that. We should put that on our uh, movement docs uh, coffee cups that we're going to come out with. Um, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, that'd the be random sweet. animal fact of the day. <laughs> and then it'll just say like you know, hope you enjoy your coffee with your morning poutine. <laughs> I I don't even eat that many poutines. Like I feel like we're just so phony. Yeah. It's like, I say A a lot. That's like the most Canadian thing about me, I think. And the fact that I wear shorts a lot outside when it's like negative 10. Fahrenheit or Celsius? Hmm. Celsius. Okay. Yeah, you, you guys are you're definitely Canadian. You don't use the English English measurement <laughs> systems. I feel like we just need to catch up with the rest of the world, though, because yes. it makes more sense using meters in Celsius. But you're not wrong, know. Mike. <laughs> but it's just not the American way. <laughs> I think I feel like it's been tried here before, and so many people were just like, "No, <laughs> so adverse to change." Well, then, I mean, it's so in like rooted in our culture. Like, could you imagine trying to sing? You know, a measurement <laughs> adaptation of the song "I Can't Drive 55." Hmm. Like, what's what's Sammy Hagar going to be known for? <laughs> or I would watch you know? 100 miles. 
Yeah. Certainly not Van Halen. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I guess we should get into the um, – Mike would normally say meat and potatoes, but I'm going to say uh, gravy and french fries of our discussion. Uh, <laughs> can you guys talk to us a little bit about um, what your MPT program is like and, like, why you why you chose Western University and, and how you got started on this path? Uh, so in terms, so in Canada we do it's a two-year master's program. Um, so we, I applied coming right out of my undergrad. Um, we do basically like our first year at Western, we do mostly class. Uh, so we're basically in class eight hours, like pretty much eight hours a day, just sitting in the classroom learning a whole bunch of information that you'll remember some of it and you'll probably forget most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, by the end of that year, we go on like our first placement rotation, which we do five, six week placements over our two years uh, in the program. And then our second year, which we are currently finishing up our second year, um, we do pretty much placements for the most part. So we do about, we do like the, the rest of them throughout the whole year. And then we kind of go back to school and present like a research project but uh, that's about it. Um, why I chose Western, they let me in. So that's, that's right. Um, we, have, we have like a couple of schools in Canada or in Ontario. I think there's like five schools. So I applied to all of them. Western nice. was like the closest to my home. So Good I'm reason. like, I'll go there. Western's also uh, known for their like, um, you know, orthopedics. Like there's a large uh, orthopedics focus. And I think both of us uh, did want to go that route. So we were both kind of drawn, and and like Dalton said, uh, it was the only school I got into. I was waitlisted at a couple others, but I got into Western. I also like um, the the classes are a little bit smaller than some of the other schools. Me, um, I'm hearing impaired, so sometimes like the bigger classes are a little, little tougher, a little tougher to hear and everything. Uh, that was also the same at Brock. Uh, Brock's a bit smaller of a school, um, so I've always been drawn to more toward the more intimate class sizes sure sure but yeah what else uh, would you like to know about like kind of like uh the program you know uh i think one question i had is uh you mentioned that you uh got like a chance to do like uh, most of your clinical experiences in that like second year during that time do you feel like uh, that's where like a lot of your learning took place was was during those times that you're on like your clinical experiences and all that Oh yeah, it's it's night and day as far as that goes. It's interesting because um, before I got into school, I think I was kind of like um, I was down for more learning all the school first and then going off on placement. But I actually do think now in hindsight, it would have been nice to kind of do the whole like go to school for a little bit and then kind of cover that area at placement, so you can really consolidate your learning and stuff. Because honestly, you learn so much more. Mm-hmm. on placement, actually interacting with people and trying to do assessments and stuff like that than you do sit in class for eight hours a day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Um, I felt like – it seems like – I'm curious to what you guys think too. Like you learn about all these different diagnoses and like different um, like tests that rule in, rule out, all this different stuff, and then you go into the clinic and you work with a patient and you find out that – Man, they are a lot more complicated than a textbook case. <laughs> There's a lot more going on yeah. than meets the eye. Oh yeah, I feel like it's never 
it's never like the textbook. Like you see it rarely. I feel like it's someone will come in with like something crazy and you're like, yeah, I, I never learned that in school. So let's kind of go, let's kind of go with whatever here. Dude, there's, there's even a and case I, right now that um, I'm yeah. working with a like 11 year old girl who has the only time she has pain is when she's sleeping. Hmm. It doesn't matter what position she's in like back side, side stomach, whatever. Like ten out of ten to eight out of ten to ten out of ten pain every time she lays oh. down. Has had sleep issues for two years and no one knows what's mm-hmm. going on with her. And like I, I looked at her, like neuroscience were high. I talked to the doc, you know, I don't really know what's the what the cause is. Weren't he's not really sure what the cause is. It's not necessarily reproducible. Um and so you know, there's cases like that where you're like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. And finally, like one day we did like clamshells and that like reduced her pain a little bit. So I was like, all right, let's just do glute stuff. I don't know what's going on with you. I don't know why you have this pain, but hey, input in the nervous system, feel better. That's really interesting. Sometimes you never know what the effects of your treatment are, right? Like it could be so many things. Uh, I don't know, something about doing the, glute exercise may have just given her whole nervous system like a sense of security right like you just sometimes yeah. you i think that's the other thing too is you realize your treatments aren't so uh so black and white you know like you can't you can't really ever attribute your treatments to like one thing right as much as you learn that in school sometimes like you're not going to glide someone's joint and have that mechanical reason be the only reason that they feel like a relief. There's also so many other things going on. I think that's something that we've realized pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, I totally agree with you. You know, you're, you're, you're treating a human being in front of you rather than uh, a series of impairments. <laughs> and it seems like there's yeah. so much more going on and meets the eye than, than just the, uh, the one mechanical issue that's been giving them some grief. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's really hard though, when you're a student and you're, uh, you know, like, you're not so smooth with your assessments, right? Like, I think Dalton and I both struggle with that, just just getting used to knowing where to go with your assessments. Uh, hmm. I think just takes a ton of practice. It takes, like, seeing a lot of patients. You can have a, a lot of good dots in your head, and that's great, but part of that's just practice, I think. Yeah, just getting those, like, repetitions in and, like, really just getting your, your flow down. Yeah in a way I think can be helpful. I know I struggle with that sometimes too, where, you know, especially when I'm doing uh, evaluations on patients and trying to figure out like, okay, we're like you said, where do I go next? What's the, what's the next step here? Uh, okay. So I'm seeing this. What does this mean? All while you're still trying to have that conversation and build that rapport <laughs> and you're trying to like, yeah. 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 So it ends up being like, for me anyway, it ends up being like choppy and then you feel really awkward and then you're like, Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Truth. Guys, it's it's totally it's totally cool though. Like I, I can't tell you. Like I mean, granted, I'm a young clinician. I've only been doing this for like four months now as like a licensed PT. But um, I have those like awkward moments all the time. Like I go back to write my eval, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on with this person. Uh, I make people flip around like multiple times because I forget to do mm-hmm. like a test or uh, forgot I was going to look at something, you know. And it's just like the reality of it is unless you're super, super OCD and get it down like perfectly every single time, 
like life happens, patients are going to take you different directions. You may find unique things that you weren't expecting during the course of your assessment. And then you kind of circle back to stuff that you, you know, places you didn't think you were going to go. Um, but it's all about just like, you know, even when you have those like awkward moments or things like that, um, just try to, you know, play it off. The more confident you are, the less likely people are going to be like freak out or get uncomfortable. Um, you just got to fake it till you make it. And then even once you make it, you still sometimes have to fake it. So. Yeah, I think like um, something that help, has helped me and uh, it's come with some like advice from from different people and stuff. But it's like if you just find out what the patient's goal is and you just keep it geared towards that, like sometimes that helps keep it a little more simple, right? Like if if gardening is what the person wants to do, then let's start focus on how we can get to doing that point. And like maybe it's just scaling things back a little bit and finding out what that person's threshold is. I find like that's that's made it more simple for me and more functional, like just geared towards achieving that person's goal rather than focusing so much on figuring out the exact problem. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's mm -hmm. almost impossible. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. And especially for anybody that's listening, that's like going through similar stuff that we're going through, you know, it's good advice. You know, your, your goals are the patient's goals and trying to figure out the yeah. best way to, to help them get to where they need to be. Um, could be a good place to help direct your treatments and all that. Even if you are a little bit unsure of what's exactly going on. Yeah. But sometimes like, um, uh, like actually we were talking to, um, someone a, a little bit ago and he was telling us, you know, like just thinking about what you actually know, like, for example, you were saying, like, what you know is that sleeping causes that person pain, right? Sometimes sometimes you just have to go with that. You have to try yeah. to just connect the way to progress towards being able to do that activity uh, rather than focusing so much on, like, what's the tissue at fault or, like, uh, what's their diagnosis. Uh, that's something I feel like uh, that was really helpful for, for me and Dalton, mm -hmm. you know? Like, just going off what you do know rather than focusing on uh, what you're unsure about. You can provide the patient a lot of clarity when you do that, right? Yeah. Like, I found that a lot with uh, recently with, like, people with uh, rotator cuff tears that are, like, confirmed. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah. they're not being treated surgically. I found it's like, okay, well, what do we know? Like, say they aggravate it. We, we know that they aggravated it and it's more painful, but we don't know what's happened in the tissues. We don't know if the strain's gotten worse or not, right? So developing a plan just to kind of like tone things back a little bit and try to uh, gradually build up that tolerance towards like using your rotator cuff again is the only approach rather than just chalking it up to like, uh, oh, you damaged your rotator cuff more. So we don't actually know that. Good point. It makes things That is true. Because even though my glasses have a strong prescription, they don't let me have MRI vision. <laughs> that, yeah. You don't know that. And as we know with pain, right, like there's a lot of other factors involved and it's not always such a clear correlation, right? And in fact, if you're telling the patient that you think there's more tears, you could actually turn them a little more inward and potentially have them be more fearful of motion and be functionally worse. Hmm. I think that's something I've been really like thinking about lately. You know? yeah. It gets me a little fired up. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, because you don't want to give them something to cling to that they just can just like focus on, and then all those like negative right. thoughts and emotions and everything start you know building up and up and up, and then it's like, oh my god, my shoulder's never going to get worse, and then you get cortisol release in the body, and then pain sensitivity spikes, and you just have this like perfect storm of systemic things that are contributing to that that pain experience. Right, you said it best. You know, I think I think that's the some of the difficulties with how we learn in school is we don't really learn how to handle those types of situations or how to provide that education for somebody and be really reassuring. They'll touch on it. Like I'm not going to say they don't do any of it, but I do feel like that's an area we could definitely improve on in the education to prepare you more for placements. We're going to be confronted with situations where people flared up their injuries and they're going to be looking to you to provide some reassurance. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's, that's one thing that, um, Mike, I remember we, we kind of got a little bit in our psych class in AT, like the sports psych class, mm-hmm. was we kind of touched on a little bit of like motivational interviewing and like different ways to interact with people and like different conversational strategies and techniques. But we didn't really get any of that in PT, um, which was, I think, I, I mean, I, I know that there's so much information that you have to have in, you know, the course of that didactic program so that you can pass boards and, and all that stuff. But um, I don't know. I feel like there's there's probably a – if we could somehow have, you know, if things change in the next few years, that that might be something that would be good to have in, in physical therapy programs because, right, like we're, we're basically – even though we're a healthcare industry, we're really just like a service industry because we're dealing with somebody one-on-one. But like that's our job. We we interact with humans, and if we can't interact with humans, then we're not probably not really good at what we do. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that if I had to pick one area that I think physio- physiotherapy should start like getting better at, it would be in school anyway. Is is that is that area of like motivational interviewing and how you're communicating, and even overall like the biopsychosocial like framework of how you would go about like treating someone or even just interacting with someone and that all those factors like always play a part in, in someone's treatment plan. Like you don't really, we kind of like, you kind of brush over it. Like it's like something that they kind of just talk about on the surface level just to say they like covered it. But I think it's something that we need to dive into a little deeper and use that as a framework for how we learn how to do assessments and, and treatment plans rather than learning it from like more of a biomedically driven um, approach. At least that's how we got it in our, in, in school. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, it seems like especially the way that uh, this profession is heading, you know, we're spending so much time building that therapeutic alliance and and having those crucial conversations and all that stuff. It's almost paramount that we spend more time uh, learning a little bit more about those techniques and skills so we can actually have competent conversations and and work on that kind of thing. Because I know, like, I'm just thinking back to just like different practicals and things that we've done. It's, you know, did you get the the manual skill right did you get your special tests done did you come to the right diagnosis and maybe you give them like one exercise but there's no real like aspect of that patient interaction or you know like how do you motivate somebody that's fear avoidant or anything like that um so yeah those i mean those are those are the things that you you see every day when you're working with another human being like you said not necessarily the biomechanical or biomedical um more of that biopsychosocial stuff so i agree with you wholeheartedly yeah, and if you if you like really have that conversation with somebody and aren't afraid to 
ask them questions and like really let them oh, open up about, you know, their fears and, and kind of like, you know, make them discuss it and like put it out in the open. Um, you may miss a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people I've seen or heard stories about where, you know, they're fear avoidant or they're, they're fearful of movement or something, yeah. but it's not just from like a, a physical perspective. Like they're afraid their back's going to get hurt. It's, you know, I'm afraid my back's going to get hurt because then that means I can't work. And if I can't work, you know, my family, I don't have food to put on the table for my family. Um, so I, th I think there's a lot more, you know, just like we're, we're talking about, there's so many more of those EBP things that go into what they're experiencing, not just that physical component. Yeah, and I think a lot of times, like, I mean, from what I've seen when I was on placement and stuff is sometimes people are just looking for that reassurance for you to almost, like, give them permission to continue doing what they want to do. Like, sometimes people come in and they're like, oh, I have a little bit of pain here in my shoulder or, or whatever, whatever it is. And then they're just kind of looking for you to be like, okay, like we understand that you're having like shoulder, shoder pain. Like, here's what we're going to do. We'll do a thorough assessment to make sure that like, there's no crazy like damage going on. And then once you do that and you rule all that stuff out, like just being like, yeah, you know what? Like you can get back to what you want to do. You can go back to like your goals and here's how we're going to do it type thing. Or here's ways you can modify it for now until you can get back to doing it like in your full capacity. Um, and I feel like sometimes what happens is someone will come in and I've seen it before too, like with some of the physios I've seen is that they'll just automatically like, Oh, you can't don't, don't go back and do this type thing. Like you got to put that on the, the back burner for now. And you can just literally see it kind of suck the life out of the person's eyes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, cause that's something that that might be their muse. That's something that they love doing. And you're immediately just being like, mm, Nope, sorry. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. And you're like, I mean, obviously yeah, there is yeah. times, right. Where you have to be like, okay, like we got to dial it back here. But I think always, bringing it full circle to, to making them understand why you're dialing it back and how you're going to get them back to where they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with like athletic populations, dude, you take sports away from somebody like an athlete, that's their whole identity, right? Like their whole framework and who they are as a human being, a lot of times is built around sport and what they're able to do. And you throw an injury into that equation and the, you know, you go to, a doctor that says, you know, oh, you, we think you have this. You have to sit out for five weeks. <laughs> like, what? what does that do to you? It crushes you, you know? And so um, that's one of the things I like about kind of doing both PT and AT is, is being able to apply like a, you know, a lot of this, this type of like framework and being able to spend time and like have conversations with people, but also kind of understand like that athletic mindset and like what they're going through and, you know, isolation identity and all those little factors that may be kind of playing into what they're experiencing. Yeah. It's a, I'm, I'm sure that's a totally like different world in terms of, because I mean, I haven't had too much experience like doing like athletic therapy stuff, but I, mean, yeah, I used to play sports. I can understand like, I can understand that. And I feel like it'd be, you probably sit in a tough situation as like a, a healthcare provider, like a, like a trainer, a physio that's seen those athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like for, especially for like cross country or um, track, you tell them that they can't run and then that becomes a pretty difficult conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Like even just thinking about personal experience, right? Like I was catcher at school and, uh, and, and school was really hard my last year because I was trying to, I needed to get certain grades to get into grad school. Um, I, you know, I really wanted to win a championship. It was our last year and I had to catch a lot, you know, 
and my knees by the end of the season, like I literally couldn't even get down into the squat. Like it hurts so badly, but I have zero knee pain now. Oof. So I've got to be on it. And I do a lot with my knees. Like I, I like uh, squat and do all sorts of things. Like, you know, but you nice. gotta wonder, like, you know, like there was a lot going on stress wise and stuff during that time. Right. So it just goes to show you like, uh, that those athletic circumstances definitely carry a lot of biopsychosocial uh, factors with them too. Hmm. So you're saying it wasn't the horse ART? <laughs> I was considering <laughs> equine ART and uh, I decided to pursue other methods of treatment. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. price point can be a little high. <laughs> Oh my gosh! <laughs> but, Is that I mean, your area uh, of like uh, treatment that you're gonna go into, or no, 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 no? It's oh, just man. a it's a really bad inside joke that we don't have time to explain on this right now. Um, but I mean, you know, if you can if you can claim to put a SI joint of a horse back into place, you could probably do it to a human, right? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like do you do you have the horse lie down on its side? Do you do you is is it standing? Is it go there? Is it on two legs? Like how would you I I, probably not. If you guys want to know the mental image that I have in my brain, it's just some dude doing a series of like karate chops on a horse. Just like very selected <laughs> positions, just very swift karate chops. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> what what is your what is your patient education gonna be like for the horse? <laughs> so no. like, well, like nay, well, nay. Mike, have you ever seen the show Mr. Ed? Yes. <laughs> Horses can talk, so it's cool. There's a, a like an old American television show. Um, where there's a horse named Mr. Ed and he can talk. So, yeah. So then there you go. Yeah. You're good. Yeah. That's all you really need. I feel like, I feel <laughs> like that like... cultural reference is going to be lost on like 97% of our <laughs> listeners. I'm going to have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> So just kind of curious, guys, we'll kind of move away from the from the horse ART rabbit hole here. Um, uh, so you guys are you're in your second year kind of finishing up uh, school. So just kind of curious, like uh, as you're reflecting back on the processes that you've been through, like what what, what have you kind of learned about yourself uh, through your time and your experiences in PT school? And, and in what ways have you grown? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think for myself, I would say what I what I learned the most is that there's a whole wealth of knowledge out there um, that isn't being told to you in like a traditional educational system that can have a big impact on your development. Um, for me, it was physical therapy and health, but I think um, it's in it's in majority of other areas that if you're not a physiotherapist and you're in something something else, that if you look outside your traditional way of receiving education, that you can actually learn learn a lot of stuff. Um, that's kind of what I've I've learned through physical therapy school. Not that I didn't learn a lot. Um, within the program, I obviously did, uh, but it also pushed me to look outside and I've also benefited a lot from doing that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. 
I mean, it seems like there's, I mean, there is like, you do learn a ton of stuff. You're absolutely right. Like in school, but it just seems like, especially in, um, in today's world too, there's just so much information that's out there and different ways uh, to do things and different ways to approach things. So that's cool that you're you're able to kind of like reach out and like find different avenues and different ways that you can uh, continue to be a a self learner and, and, and to kind of like complement the things that you're learning in school. Yeah, and I mean, it's a big part of what, what we do as physiotherapists too, right? We're continually learning and trying to seek out new ways of doing things. And I think it's just kind of preparing me for when I actually step out and start practicing as like a physical therapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest things I found out about myself is like, it's all right to be skeptical about things, you know? Like, you don't have to accept everything as fact and it's all right to challenge ideas and to throw a wrench in something sometimes and get people to think on their feet, you know, like that's what it's all about. It's all about critical thinking and we just want the best for the people that we're helping. And that's what I think physical school has really reinvigorated that, that realization that I really do care about people and I want so much just to help people achieve their goals, you know, and it's not about getting grades free. Uh, I just, I just want to learn as much as I can so that I help people in clinic. That's it. Mm. Yeah. So it seems like you kind of um, you developed your your why of why you decided to go to, to PT school and help others. You know, it's uh, like over that time uh, from from in school and in your clinicals, you've kind of uh, I don't know developed that understanding of the purpose for what, what you're doing and and how you can help people. Is that right? Hundred percent right, man. Like I, like and, and I knew that like going into school, like part of it was everybody writes on their applications. You know, you want to help people. Um, but I think at clinic, I really realized it just, just when you get that opportunity to sit there and connect with somebody and then you see them achieving their goals and you see how pumped mm-hmm. they can get, uh, like that, that feeling is the best. And I think that's why that, that's really what I think it's, it's not so much that I learned that only here, but I de- it's definitely been reinforced. Well, yeah, yeah. cause it's, it's. <laughs> It's hard when all you're doing all day is just sitting there and like trying to absorb knowledge in your brain. And after like three hours, your attention span's gone and it just feels like your head, you're beating your head against a brick wall, you know? So like once you get into the clinic and you, you start doing that and you have those like just amazing interactions with other human beings and you start to really like find your why, or Mike, I think in this case we would call it find your (laughs) Zed. Um, I fly your Zed. I don't get it. Oh <laughs> I mean, just because you know Zed's like a, you know, you guys say that instead of Z, and like Y and Z are next to each other in the alphabet. Oh, okay. You know, okay. F- find your, <laughs> That's <yeah>. deep. But uh. But yeah, I mean, it's that's definitely like I I know one of the things that I think Mike and I both really liked about the program that we were in was we got to do like one day a week, even when we were doing our didactic stuff, we were in the clinic. So we had like these part time clinicals before we had a full time. And it was just a really cool way to um, to be able to to do that because you're like in week you're sorry, you're in class all week and you're like, learn, 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 learn. And then you get to clinic and you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Yeah, I think that's part of the reason, honestly, why we enjoy doing like our social media page and like our podcast so much is because you kind of like you're saying, like you're sitting in school all day learning all this stuff and and you want to have an impact on people. But you're like, how do I do it? 
and using the social media platform, like just putting out exercises, putting out information, talking to you guys, talking to other physiotherapists has just like shown us that we can have an impact like while we're in school. And when you receive like a message from someone that's like, hey, like I really enjoyed like that exercise that you posed, like I was doing it the other day. It's like, that's cool. Like I'm actually having an impact on someone else. And it's kind of a, an avenue that we've used to like do that while we're still in school. So, so kind of yeah. on that subject, how'd you guys get started with like social media and your podcast? Uh, well, so the Instagram page we started in October, um, our original like goal behind that was like, we, we weren't, we thought that like, we weren't getting enough on like, uh, exercises, like in school, like learning about exercise education and progressions and regressions and stuff like that. And saw like a lot of cool stuff on Instagram by like guys like strength coach therapy and and Zach uh, and like all and the movement maestro and all those people. And, and so we're like, Hey, what the heck? We might as well just try to do it ourselves. And we started that and that kind of just led into everything else and in the podcast. Yeah. Things have kind of like progressed over time. Like we've had a lot of uh, people, like the thing you realize is if you're willing to reach out to people and, and connect, then uh, you'd be surprised the uh, response you can get. Like we had, um, when we were, we, we were thinking about running the page last year. And uh, what happened was we actually, re- I think Alton reached out to a rash from the prehab guys and he was willing to hop on a call with us. Like, okay. And he kind of like said it to us real and like it, it almost made us rethink like, okay, like what do we want to eat, right? Uh, so we put it off the side for a bit and uh, over the summer we spent a lot of time thinking about things and where we wanted to go uh, with our page and the kind of impact that we wanted to have. Um, and then it was a little more like clear after that. Um, and around October, we literally, we just started and, uh, there were some things that we were questioning and, and pages we had been looking into. And so we realized that, um, Nick Hanna was in London and, uh, Dalton reached out to him. We met him and honestly, our minds were kind of blown, you know, we were like, it was like this whole new world was open to us. And, uh, and that really changed the way even, just our language, like the words that we use, the way that we try to write our posts. Uh, so that really like was a big influence mm-hmm. on that. And then the podcasting thing was just, um, we, we were listening to a lot of podcasts and it was funny. We we're like <laughs> kind of sitting there and we're like, uh, we just like do a podcast. And it was like this like moment of like, we realized you could actually do it. Yeah. <laughs> and you just gotta, you just kind of got to do it. And then try to figure it out. I don't know how it was for you guys, but like we didn't really know much about how to get started. We kind of like Googled some stuff. We reached out to the, the two nobodies who's a, who's a, they do a podcast and they kind of send us this little PDF and we're just like, all right, let's just do it. And that's how it kind of got started. And now we we love it. Like I feel like the podcast is something I enjoy doing um, almost more than <laughs> what we're doing on, on the Instagram page because we're able to just have like cool conversations with people over coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 very similar to uh, to to us actually too. Oh um, yeah, you know, with, especially especially with the podcast too. You know, we 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 actually we had originally started, um, and Jake could probably give you some more information about this too. But we had originally started <laughs> trying to uh, to create a, a YouTube channel um, where we were going to put like different exercises and things on there. Uh, Jake, this is this was last year. Uh, Jake was down in Florida at the time um, <laughs> on one of his clinical rotations and. We made one video uh, and didn't post anything for like months, <laughs> and so that that went really well. Um, we had like forty-three then, uh, views. Yeah. It was great, and I think thirty-five of them were probably me. 
<laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then we just kind of we kind of looked back into that and, and realized that that didn't that didn't work out so well. And we kind of reevaluated on on stuff we wanted to do. And, and like you guys, you know, we wanted to we wanted to add value and and, and provide some ways to to interact with some people and, and get some good content out there and, and have some really good conversations. And, and Jake was just like, dude, we should we should do a podcast. You know, that might work um, for our schedules. We don't have to be necessarily in the same place, all this other kind of stuff. And um, much like Shia LaBeouf said, we just did it, you know, just do it. So, um, you know, very similar to you guys. <laughs> and I, I like, I asked one of my buddies who had a podcast, um, Phil Wilkerson, who was on, on our show a while back. And uh, he just like sent me all the stuff that he had for recording um, and like what he did and did, I just spent, instead of doing homework, cause I still had classes at the time, instead of doing homework <laughs> and like trying to get these projects in before they were due, uh, I decided that I would spend three to seven hours just researching how to do a podcast one day. And, uh, yeah, that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, it was cool. very much worth it because I graduated from the program and everything's fine. Um, but yeah, like I, I mean, I watched a whole bunch of videos, um, on like what mics to get, uh, what, what software to use for editing, like how to edit stuff, how to set up like a basic template. Um, and I mean, we just, throughout the whole course of it, we've just kind of followed our, one of our mottos, which is just dare to be bad, you know, just put yourself Hmm. out there and, and do what you can and just try to be authentic and put content out that you enjoy and that you're behind and that, you know, if it doesn't reach more than just the two people like me and Mike, then it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, like we got something from it. Um, And it's just been a blessing for us to see that like other people enjoy it and that we get to meet all these cool people and interact with guys like you. And uh, it's just been super cool. So we just try to keep doing it. I love that. You just did a great job. Like the podcast is awesome. And, And that's the thing is like, Worst case, you get to have conversations with people that uh, that inspire you and and stuff. You know, like there's that's the thing is you're never gonna be in a perfect place to like start something, right? Like I think that's a common thing is people just need things to be perfect before they start, mm-hmm. and it's never gonna be like that. They're always like mine and Dalton's direction has changed so much so much throughout this process. Uh, it's not even close to how it started. Yeah, you figure it out as you go. It's kind of that's kind of the fun, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of goes back to a thing that Gary Vee always talks about, and that's, like, document, yeah. don't create. You know what I mean? Just just be you and, and like, just hit record yeah. and see what happens. And even – and that's what I, I try to do, and you'll notice sometimes, like, I you know, I'll edit stuff up to make, like, the, the audio files, like, sync up so that, you know, Mike and I aren't talking at the same time or there's not, like, a weird, awkward laugh, but – for the most part, you know, I try to keep the recording as, as much as it is like the whole time through, if, you know, if weird stuff happens, like if we, if one of us falls off the internet somehow, cause we've had internet issues before, <laughs> like when we were recording with, um, uh, Josh, uh, <laughs> last weekend, like I, my internet crapped out and I was gone from the, from the lobby for like eight minutes. And then like I tried to get back in and then somehow shut everybody else off. And then like we had to like redo it and, <laughs> Um, we've had other, other ones where like, uh, Kyle Feldman, one of the guys who's on with us, his, his computer like died like halfway through one. 
And then in order to record with us, he had to run on campus, find a first year PT student and borrow his laptop. What? To actually record <laughs> with us. So it's just like, there's all these like crazy things happen, but I think part of the, you know, the authenticity and the beauty of it and just daring to put yourself out there is just like leaving it, you know, as much as, as it, as you can, yeah. as original as it was. And mm-hmm. if people don't like it, like, whatever, you can find a different podcast. But if you, if you <laughs> like it, then yeah. cool. we're happy that you like it. Yeah, man, we take the same approach. That's awesome. I'm curious. Yeah, if, we don't oh, go ahead. that much. No, no, you're good. Go ahead. Uh, I was just curious. Like, uh, you guys have one of the coolest, like, intro. Yeah, where did you get that song? That song is so cool. The little acoustic like piano thing. It's it's like yeah. I uh, literally YouTube like copyright free music on YouTube, and I clicked on some one of the accounts, and that popped up, and I'm like, yo, this is like perfect. So it just kind of just kind of happened. <laughs> we knew it was gonna be the one. Like as soon as we listened to it, we were like, that's it. Yeah, that's perfect. So that that's no crazy story behind it. Yeah. Just good old YouTube search. <laughs> we just wanted something that fit the vibe, you know. It kind of like made it like made you feel like you're chilling. Drink some coffee. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I remember. Cool. <laughs> I I don't know what the what we were like trying to find. Like, I just went on some music website, like free music or whatever, that didn't have like any licenses or anything like that. And like, I just tried to find something that made me feel like I was in like a, I don't know, either stuck in an elevator on a way to a business meeting or something like that. Because I thought that's what podcast music was supposed to sound like. Uh, and so it's like this weird like kind of like corporate-y like just elevator-y music-y intro-y thing but I don't know we we like picked a couple of them and that one seemed to fit made it work 27 episodes in but no one (laughs) but no one no one I, I think in like the whole all of the research that I did like finding like the perfect podcast song is not something that people talk about it's just like it's just like yeah, go look at free music so that you don't get sued. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing I was. Worried about. I still might get sued. I don't know. <laughs> it's hilarious though. Like you don't realize how many little things are involved with like writing something like that before you start, right? Like you have to find like some song or something to put in, or like a sound effect or something. Like, and, and you don't really think about that when you're on the other end yeah. of it, right? Yeah, it's so true. Wow. When Mike, when we did the when we ran out of ideas and we did the clip show thing oh, with like the Seinfeld music. <laughs> oh, that was... <laughs> when I first edited it, I had that like after every clip and Mike was like, God, Jake, no. You can't do that. You're, everyone's gonna hate you. <laughs> I was like, fine, I'll only put it in three times. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> oh, man. So I guess we're probably we, gonna uh, get a cease and Oh go ahead. I was just gonna say we're probably gonna get a cease and desist letter from Jerry Seinfeld's uh, um, lawyer <laughs> at some point soon. Oh probably. Yeah. <laughs> if we just mysteriously disappear for some reason, you guys will know why. <laughs> Oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, man. 
So we, we talked about this a little bit already. Um, we talked about like social media and using that. Um, you guys have like a phenomenal social media presence. You know, you're posting things all the time and you, the dialogue that you use is, is really down to earth and kind of like easy to understand and easy to digest material. Um, you know, like, uh, I guess, what role do you think that social media is playing in today's information age or, or anything like that? I know you mentioned a little bit about just interacting and, and kind of like, adding value, but like, what role do you think it plays? Uh, first off, thank, thanks for the kind words. Really appreciate that. Uh, we, when we started Instagram, like we wanted to just simplify everything. So it's kind of cool to hear that from people when they say like, it's very easy to understand. Um, in terms of like the role that I think physiotherapy, uh, that social media can play is I think it's, I think it's becoming almost bigger than it is becoming bigger than other uh, media outlets. Like I know you mentioned Gary Vee. I'm a big fan of Gary Vee and he talks about that all the time, how, the, the phone is now becoming the new TV and, and podcasting is the new radio and everyone's going to the internet for their information. Like the first place that I turn to is always Google or Instagram or Facebook. So I think um, those social media platforms play a huge role in how we can, as physical therapists, get education out there to the public mm-hmm. um, and have them kind of get a better understanding of what we can provide them. Um, and if it's if someone can get something from one of our videos and, that helps them and they don't even have to come in and see, see me or see Will or see you guys, and I think that's a, that's a win. So I think uh, I think it's going to be I think it is huge and I think it's starting to become bigger because I think more health professionals are realizing its power um, and its positivity that it can have. Yeah, it's like the potential for reach, right? Is is massive with social media. And I think our thing is like it's not going anywhere. People are going to be on social media, and so if you have a positive thing or a positive voice that that can be out there and you're not putting it out on social media, then people are missing out on that positive voice, and that's one less uh, one less voice that's that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true, you know, and especially, I don't know, there's a lot of information out there that can be a little bit questionable too. So, you know, to have guys like you that are, are, are taking the time to find some quality material and, and put it out there in ways that's easy to digest and understand is, is really helpful, you know, cause you're able to reach somebody that may not know, you know, the specifics of, I don't know, whatever, arthrokinematics or anything like that, you can explain it in such a way that they'd be like, oh, that makes sense. So when I move this way, this is what's happening, you know? Um, and so I, I don't know, I, I love what you guys are doing. I think that's just so awesome. Um, and you, and you, you do have that voice out there and this like positive um, energy that's out there and, and promoting the profession in such a way that, you know, helps uh, people that may not be as familiar with I don't know, physical therapy in general. Um, and maybe they'll go and, and see, you know, a physical therapist or physiotherapist um, because they've seen some of the stuff that you put out there. So I think that's pretty awesome. Your graphics are also like super cool. How do you do that? Yeah, that's all, that's all Will. Oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, like that's, that's kind of something else. Like uh, just doing this has kind of gotten me into that. And I've always been like somewhat artistic, but I'm not like... Uh, like my family's very artistic, right? Like my brother's an art director and uh, my mom paints and stuff, but I, I've never really found my area. And I feel like uh, some of this is something I enjoy doing and I, I developed. So I started off just kind of doing it ghetto style. Like I can't even describe the ways I made the graphics initially because they don't really make any sense. I just use my iPad and I found stuff. And But now I've gotten into using uh, Illustrator. And so I use Illustrator to, to make the graphics and and yeah, it's still hard to make them. Like, <laughs> it takes a lot of work, but I, I enjoy doing it. it kind of like, takes me out of uh, out of my daily things, like just learning more scientific things. And uh, yeah, that's kind of like how I've gotten to that point. Uh, so I'm glad you like them. 
Mm. Yeah, and then the thing I saw you guys do it with uh, with the most recent one with um, Zach and the Level Up Initiative, and then I've also seen the Movement Maestro do it. Is like the little like bars for like the podcasty noise things. Yeah. How the hell do you do that? Those are hype, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we we it's called. Uh, you guys can do it easily. It's a uh, spare spare minutes called. It's spare m i n. It's like a website, and you literally just go on and you put the graphic in and you add the audio clip, and it just basically creates that for you. And then you you can just post it. Yeah, we we uh, we happen so to like awesome. reach out one time to um, the PT Pinecast. Um, and he, he kind of told us about that, that he uses it and it, it's, it's sick. Like it's a good way to pub your podcast on your Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy McKay's, Jimmy McKay's a beauty. That guy's killing the podcast game. And it was, it was so cool for him to like give us that's that little so cool. advice, yeah, even man. though it's something like, that's not super he's, he's... crazy in any means, but I have a, a hilarious story. I want to tell you guys about that. Uh, it's, it, it's going to get real. I'm going to be completely honest with how the story went because this is what happened. It's like one of those things, you know, where like. Things just work out. Um, so I decided, and our, our prophet's going to laugh if he listens okay. to this because we actually had him on our podcast, but our business class was happening probably at 9 to 11 or whatever, and uh, I, I didn't go to class. <laughs> I took the option to uh, to sleep a little that day, you know, for whatever reason. I was like, I'm going to take it easy today. And uh, I get a message from Dalton, and he's like, hey, uh, Jimmy McKay is going to be on <laughs> Skype in our class. And I'm like, what? Like, how did I not know that? Nice. So I immediately get up out of bed and like put some clothes on and bust, bust a stool, like immediately get there right as he's like basically coming on Skype and he came on. It was just, it was like so awesome having him like come in and talk to us. And then uh, we kind of reached out to him after and, uh, and had a little chat with him and he gave us a lot of advice. And, and that was one of them was to use that. Uh, okay. I forget what he called it, but that's so cool. I think it's called, but yeah, it's kind of a funny story. <laughs> the yeah. one day you decide to sleep in, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I don't miss class that often. <laughs> <laughs> Dalton's got my back. Man, every time I miss class, I mean, this was undergrad, but every time I miss class in undergrad, I would always get like a, a there'd be a quiz and I wouldn't be able to make it up because I miss class. Oh, yeah, every time. <laughs> or bonus marks or something. <laughs> You're like texting yeah. me, like, hey, write my student number down. <laughs> it's always like, it's like, oh, Jake's not here. Okay, guys, let's, uh, <laughs> let's screw him over. Uh, who wants to take a quiz? <laughs> no. Yeah. Too funny. <laughs> Oh man, this is awesome. <laughs> Any and you got so oh, I guess the other the other thing that I struggle with because I do a lot of the um, Instagram posts for us is like I've tried to find um, ways to like format like the texts and stuff, but I don't know if like my Instagram like needs to be updated or if there's something wrong because I'm doing everything that the internet's telling me, but this the posts still get all like jumbled up and not spaced out. The captions, yeah, yeah, those are nightmare. And I get, uh, I get pissed off. I, I get pissed off every time I post on Instagram because I can't, I can't seem to get it, to get it right to get the spaces. Like sometimes it works, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. And then you try to edit it and it doesn't work. So like, I just, I just gave up. Like whatever comes out comes out. <laughs> sometimes I go in and like, I don't know, I don't know if certain phones like, um, are better at it than others. We just have it in Google Doc and we space it out in Google Doc, and then we copy and paste it, and it usually worked out all right. 
Uh, the other thing I've done is like, I've realized is if you, I don't know, if you take some type of like emoticon that looks decent and you make a whole line underneath the space, it'll keep it. If you try to just do like one, then it'll sometimes like backspace up. Yeah, does that make sense? So like by whole So just like an entire line of bombs. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like or or like horses or something, you know? The horse ART emoji. <laughs> yeah, like throw that guy in there. Next to my, my coffee cup and my poutine emoji. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's just too funny. Okay. Cause I, I like I've tr- I've definitely tried that stuff, but like I do it and it looks good and I post it and then it comes out like crap and then I try to edit it and I do it again and it doesn't look good and I'm just like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. So, yeah. Instagram, if you're listening, fix that. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, Instagram is listening to this podcast just like, oh, I didn't realize that was a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up, guys. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Now, are there other, are you guys on, what other social media platforms are you on or are you looking to expand to? Because Mike and I want to get into the Tumblr game pretty soon. <laughs> um, um, right now, we have a Facebook account and we have a Twitter account and we have a blog, but we're not as like active on them. We just started being a little bit more active on like the Twitter page um, and the Facebook page. We just have as big of a following there. Like most of our followers are on Instagram and I think... Right now, Instagram's the most popular, so we're really just kind of hitting it hard on Instagram. But we do try to put content up on Facebook and, and, and Twitter more lately. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to keep up with them all, right? And I and like to try to put, like, we don't want to just, like, repost, like, our like our content on every platform. Like, we want to kind of mm-hmm. separate, like, what we're putting on Twitter and what we're putting on Facebook so it's not just the same thing as our Instagram. So it's, like, trying to make sure we're keeping, like, fresh content on all platforms is, like, it's kind of a lot, but yeah. it is what it is. Why Tumblr? <laughs> I don't. I don't know how that that became a thing, but it just became like this. Uh, like we just wanted to have some obscure uh, social media platform <laughs> that not many people were using. <laughs> we were going to try to try to own that one. Um, yeah, because it's it's all like picture and like GIF based. So we we like joked about like making our own like exercise gifs. And then just doing like exercise gifts on Tumblr. That would be amazing. <laughs> exercise gifts? That's a great idea. You should do that. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we're, don't worry. We're working on it. I'm actually going to make a Tumblr account right now. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one platform I'm kind of interested in is Twitch. I don't know if you guys heard of it. I know it's big in like the gaming community, but a lot more people are starting to do like live streams on there of like their podcasts and different shows. So I don't know if it's something that we'll get into, but it's, uh, it's been interesting. Ooh, I do. I do have a Twitch account. I stream sometimes when I play PS4. I'll yeah. stream for a couple of my buddies, um, like my college friends and stuff, yeah. and they'll just like make fun of me while I play video games. Um, and I actually was gonna talk to Mike. I was gonna talk to you about it because I was gonna stream God of War the other day, and I was just like, "What if we just put this on our on our like Instagram and just said like, if you guys want to watch Jake play <laughs> video games like with like an average level of skill." <laughs> Um, head on, you know, head on over to Twitch. Yeah, go over to Twitch. Yeah, maybe we'll get some donations. Hey, you'll get some donations, make a little money or something. I would pay. I would, I would we money. could get, we, well, yeah, I think you have to have so many followers before you can have like a subscribe button and stuff. I think I have like four followers. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's three of them are my college roommates, so. There you go. I think, I think the fourth one is one of my That's grad hilarious. school roommates. That's how it starts, man. Uh, yeah. Mike, I'm, I'm legitimately signing this up for Tumblr Perfect. right now. You hear it here first. <laughs> <laughs> About to blow up the Tumblr game. <laughs> What's our, I don't even know what our email address is. TMD, moving docs. I was. I think. I know. I know that, Mike. <laughs> I, I think that's it. I know. I feel like I have to look it up every time. I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> I got a question. I got a question for you guys, though. Sure. If you want to oh, flip yeah. the script here. Um, no, just curious, like where you guys see yourselves going with, with the podcast and and uh, you know your, your Tumblr account, but no, but actually like your your podcast and what you guys are doing. Where do you see yourselves going with that? Yeah, you know, um, I think I think we had uh, originally started as just a way to just chill out and have a conversation with cool people and just like learn and grow together. Um, and I think that's that's continuing the trend, you know, for us. You know, we 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 really, um, you know, we've we've grown a lot and, and kind of just had these amazing experiences with awesome people like you and you guys. And um, I think we want to continue to do that and continue to just reach out and. Um, you know, I think as opportunities continue to arise, it just seems like if you you put the energy out there, um, you're authentic, and you have all these good you know intentions, um, you know things come back to you. And um, we wanted to try to just you know get our name out there a little bit, provide some good content, and, and continue to grow that way. Um, and wherever wherever really that takes us there um, would be cool. And then you know eventually you know Jake and I had always talked about like turning this into some kind of business endeavor um, if we if we end up open in a clinic or something like that, maybe down the road, maybe, uh, who knows. Um, but at least we'd have, you know, something groundwork and some baseline um, stuff to start and then kind of build up from there. But what I've enjoyed the most about this whole process and this yeah, experience awesome. has just been kind of like what you guys said is just sitting down and having those conversations and, and just hearing different perspectives and having some biases blasted and some paradigm shifted a little bit. Um, that's That's been the most enjoyable. Hmm. Do you have anything for to add to that, Jake? Um, I mean, I think I think this year we we had some ambitious goals for like how we wanted to start um, the year and doing like a bunch like a different series, like every month or something like that. And um, it just it got really really hard, especially for me. I know it was tough for Mike too, but um, just with the way my work schedule was transitioning from like student life to the real world and um, the amount of documentation that I had to do. And then also trying to train for like, you know, strong man. I mean, I'm in the gym probably 12 hours a week, maybe 10 to 12 hours a week on top of whatever else I do. Um, and dude, I was just getting, I was getting burnt out and I couldn't, I couldn't handle it at the time. And so I think that's kind of, um, you know, changed our direction a little bit. Uh, and I think right now we've kind of swung back to just wanting to do the podcast and, um, you know, at least have that to build and enjoy while some other things in life kind of happen. Um, but I think too, like there's some, there's going to be some changes, um, with my work schedule a little bit. That's going to, uh, allow me to kind of take almost a little bit of this role with potentially with our, um, with some of the stuff at work too. 
Um, and that's one thing that I, I really like is, is to try to do a lot of this like social media stuff and podcasting. And I'd like to get into like, you know, content creation on YouTube and all that and just be a little bit more, you know, entrepreneurial and like business mindset-y as well as PT. Um, I love, I love PT. I love rehab. I love, you know, strength and conditioning, sports training, performance yeah. training, all that. Um, but I like all those things so much that I don't know that I want to be stuck doing one thing all day. You know what I mean? I'd like to be able to dabble and have a little bit more freedom. Um, yeah, that's cool. So. Yeah, that kind of comes back to that whole, the power of social media thing. I think it just allows you to have an avenue to take something that you're truly passionate about and potentially make it the, like your, your career, you know, like you can work in a clinic maybe part-time and you can have like your, you know, your brand that you guys are creating on the side. And, and if it becomes something that you, you know, monetize, it becomes something you monetize. And if not, it just becomes something you, you can continue to do for fun. That's kind of how we look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think we're, we're similar in that for sure. <laughs> at the end of the, yeah. And I've been, I've been, I've been reading, uh, well, listening to Gary V's book, crushing it on audible recently. And, uh, great book. Yeah. But I mean, just that was so, gonna be one of my suggestions. huh? No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm, but, um, but there's just a lot of stuff in there. That's kind of like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like sparked my interest more and more in like social media and, you know, trying to maybe do stuff on Twitter and we're going to see what this Tumblr thing, <laughs> if this Tumblr thing takes off. Uh, I actually had, I, we yes. have an account now, Mike and our, our interests, um, what, oh shit, what was our, whoops, I'm gonna have to delete that. Uh, <laughs> um, I think quotes and, uh, inspirational quotes, rehab and fitness, uh, student life and books are yeah. our current interests. <laughs> so, um, you know, everyone out there in our listening world, get ready. Cause the Tumblr world is about to get rocked by the movement docs. <laughs> Oh, yes, I can't wait for that first gift. To pick a good one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up instead of doing notes tonight. I'm gonna end up like spending four hours trying to learn how to make gifts. It's <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Uh, I hope the first one's just Jake stroking his beard. Done. Hey, do you, if you want me to do that, I can find a way to do that. I think I think that definitely needs to happen. <laughs> That's perfect. You gotta have short-term goals and you gotta have long-term goals. Yep. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can I do if I do a boomerang on Insta and then save that to my phone? Can I then upload that to Tumblr? I guess there's only one one way to find out. It's <laughs> a good question. Probably. <laughs> That's too far. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a beard gif. Perfect. <laughs> so <laughs> while, so while Jake's making that, I'm um, just kind of curious. Uh, so we talked a little bit about books just a little bit ago. So so what what kind of books are you guys reading right now? And do you have any that you'd recommend to our listeners? Um, for me, I mean, one of the ones I had was the one that uh, Jake was just talking about was Crushing It um, by Gary Vee. I mean, he he he's kind of been the one's opened my mind and, and Will's mind to like social media and the power it can have. So I really I highly suggest anyone's like interested in getting into the into that side of things to check out his book. He also has this like really good message behind everything that he does that uh, I think is really cool. Um, another book that I'm actually reading right now is um, The Brain That Changes Itself. Have you guys heard that one? Uh, I think 
somebody had mentioned it um, on our podcast before, but I haven't checked it out. What, what is it about? It's basically just about neuroplasticity, like how how the brain, like how originally we used to have this thought of like no one believed in neuroplasticity and kind of how it came along and, and the different areas that it can have an effect and how like how plastic a brain actually is. And it's just, it's pretty interesting to read like the different stories that they they talk about. Um, and how plastic can have an effect on, on things like uh, like vision, and even they, they go into talking about like relationships and sex, and it's, it's pretty it's pretty wild stuff. But I highly suggest checking it out. Interesting. So it's almost yeah. like the uh, your perceptions and your mentality can kind of change, uh, even like physical structures in the brain and that yeah. kind of stuff too. Yeah. Is that what's going yeah, on? Wow. Well, that's neat. Yeah, I've got it. I I will admit I'm not reading as much right now because uh, it takes me forever to read. Like I'm a slow, slow reader, but, um, and, and then we have exams coming up like for our boards, but I do a couple that I've been kind of like, I'll go to, uh, here or there when mm-hmm. I get the chance. Uh, one is uh good to great. It's like, uh, I, I'm interested in it. It's about like, you know, what makes like, uh, good companies become great. And part of that is like, what, what makes a good leader. And I think that's something I've always been really interested in. Like, being somebody that would like to inspire others and, and uh, I'm interested in what qualities uh, make up a good leader. So I've been reading that a little bit. Um, the other one I've been reading is painful yarns. Have you guys heard of that? It's, it's I think it's uh, Lorimer Mosley, um, but uh, it's, it's cool. It's different. Uh, I read explain pain. So I was immediately like, okay, are there no. any books like this? So I checked out this uh-huh. one, and basically it's a compilation of stories okay. uh, that help kind of give you different tidbits about about pain. But they're they're like chapters of a story that'll have kind of one thesis surrounding like a key point about pain. And it's cool because like like you guys kind of touched on earlier about our like approach. We try to be like really simple in our explanations and and not okay. like overcomplicate things that like we don't even necessarily fully understand the details anyway. And like, uh, so I like the, like the story aspect of it mm. and, and really like okay. simplifying some of these like really complicated, uh, <laughs> I just, man, I just saw your, your beard stroking. Dalton showing it right now. <laughs> that, that's amazing. <laughs> oh. I think I have to delete some stuff off my iPhone so I have room to download Tumblr. <laughs> I was so into talking about that book, <laughs> and then I look over and I see you stroking your beard. But that's good stuff. <laughs> Better than I was talking about it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool book. You should check it out. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll, we'll put we'll, um, all of those in the in the show notes so anybody that's interested in reading them um, can can kind of check them out. And that sounds awesome. <laughs> definitely going to put those on my list. I feel like every time we uh, <laughs> we have people on the show, the Amazon wish list that I have just keeps getting longer and longer yeah. because there's all of these awesome books that um, you got to check out. But that's good though, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. So thank you for. You can look into. Say again. There's so many cool things you can get, you can look into, you know, and you never know what you're going to take value from. Mm, that's the truth, you know. Uh, whether that be just like one little piece of information from some obscure book that you're reading, and, and how you can apply that to a patient, yeah. or even if it's just uh, like a connection that you can make uh, to, you know, like, oh, you read that book too, and then you already have a little bit more of a therapeutic alliance there. So that's kind of neat. Or build a rapport. Yeah, for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. no doubt. 
awesome guys so i think we're uh we're kind of running up near the end of our show here and yep. there's yeah there's one question that we always ask everybody on the show uh so you know we here at the movement docs we believe in always moving forward and all that you do uh based on all of your previous experience and knowledge life love the pursuit of happiness what is one piece of advice that you'd give to anyone listening to this show to help them be the best versions of themselves I have uh, something I thought about. I was looking at this question before, and I was trying to think of uh, something really good. And I thought, just you're you're more you're only as capable as you believe that you are. I think a lot of people self limit themselves in a lot of aspects of life. And something that I'd realize, and that I'd like people to realize, is mm-hmm. is you if you have something you want to do, you're capable of getting to that point. You've just got to think about how to do it, and you've just got to start. So that's my advice. Yeah, it's interesting. We asked kind of the same question on our show, and I never ever really thought about the answer before. <laughs> um, for me, it'd be like, don't let someone else's opinion keep you from doing something that you are truly passionate <laughs> about. I think a lot of times, I mean, in, in today's day, we, we a lot of people can share their opinions places, and, and if someone doesn't like what you're doing, don't let that keep you from doing it because there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to take value from, from what you have to offer. Um, and if just one person can take value um, away from what you're trying to get out, and I think that's a win. So for me, it's just, if you if you want to do it, just go for it. Simple, but it's the truth. Just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. And what you guys just said, you, you made me think of, um, this is one quote, I forget where it was, and it might have been like, uh, like an inspirational, like Pinterest quotes page or whatever. Um, but it's like your, your attitude determines your altitude. Right. And so it's just like, um, you know, your mindset and everything that you guys have just been talking about is going to help you determine, you know, like how far you can go. And so I think that's awesome. Really appreciate you guys sharing those experiences and, and those, that mindset. Mike. And then the other one that we got from Zach was strive for direction not perfection. I love that. Zach is fireman. No, this it's oh, a different Zach. This so was the uh, but yes, Zach Zach mm-hmm. is always hype, but this is the this is Zach Zach Cooper. Um uh, he's the guy the podcast we just uploaded today, it's it's in that one. Um but he yeah, he dropped he hit us yeah. with that quote and it was just like <laughs> what? Well it's awesome to get those every once in a while, man. Just kind of Get you fired up and focus on things. It's so awesome, guys. This has been this has been a blast. We're really we're really grateful that we uh, get the chance to to talk with you today and and just like learn and hear all your perspectives. You guys are doing so much great stuff, and we're so excited to to just just I don't know get the opportunity to to hear what you guys have to say and and to get to see you on the social medias and the interwebs and <laughs> all that. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, we're honestly like truly humbled that you would have us on the show and. Uh, we had a great time, you know. Just thanks so much for having us on, and we'll have to uh, we'll have to have a cup of coffee on the PT Coffee Cast one day with you guys. Heck yeah! I will actually drink coffee. Okay. I will drink coffee because I'll drink some right. iced coffee for you guys. I'll maybe like get a very very you know brightly colored unicorn frappuccino or something like that. that. Counts? Um, All right, sweet. Yeah, sounds like a plan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. So, uh, so if, if anybody that's listening to the show wants to get in contact with you, what's the best way that they can do that? 
Uh, the, I would say Instagram's probably the best. I like can follow us on Instagram at the MVMTPTs. Uh, like we said earlier, we're also on Facebook and Twitter um, with the same handle at the MVMTPTs. Um, and if you guys want to hear um, our podcast, you can find us on Play Music and Google or Play Music and iTunes, uh, the PT Coffee Cast. PT Coffee Cast. Perfecto. And we'll make sure we put all that stuff in the show notes for anybody that's interested. Uh, you definitely should check these guys out. They are awesome. And they've got the best intro song in the world. So that's pretty awesome. As well. <laughs> they, they really do. <laughs> thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. So thanks again for tuning in this week where we spoke to Dalton and William from the Movement PT Coffeecast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or have a topic that you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email at tmdmovementdocs at gmail.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.